The Broken Dub Podcast analyzes what makes Olympic athletes, comedians, writers, and creatives great. Season one is titled Breakthroughs. This season of the podcast delves into the breakthroughs we have in our respective fields when we destigmatize mental health and move past the roadblocks within our minds. Executive produced by Ellen Utrecht of Mike TV. Smash the like, subscribe, follow, you know the drill. This is the Broken Dove Podcast, and I'm your host, Danny Simmons. Born in the dojo, you guys, we are lucky to have the maestro, the sensei, the beast with a smile, Cameron Madani. He's a black belt, probably a triple black belt, red belt. I don't even know what it is. Maroon, it might be pink. The most advanced you can possibly get. He's he's a podcast host, but he's not just the hostess with the mostest. He's a maestro of karate, and he's going for his master's in sports psychology at the University of Colorado. And he's moving mountains in karate. He's a king. He is, he is the king of a true royalty. You will see royalty at his dojo. Sister, I mean, father, mother, everyone. That's where he grew up. So he's, he's a junior world champion. He's a, a bronze medalist in, in 2011. He's won so many championships, about 1,000. But he's got 15 total national champs. And he's got a bronze medal and a U.S. Open gold medal. University World Championship 2018 gold medalist, North American Cup 2018 gold medalist, Pan American Championship bronze medalist in 2017 and 2014. He's a savage. He's also really nice, but you know, watch out because he'll hit you with a one-two real quick. So with no further ado, we have Cam Karate Cam Madani here. Thanks for coming out, brother. Oh my gosh, what an intro. Thank you so much for having me, man. I don't think I don't think I've had that much hype in my life before. That was awesome. <laughs> you gotta hit the Jamaican air horn after that. And I'm doing it in the most ridiculous sweatsuit ever. I don't know. I'm like, I gotta You do- just you're just catching the the Russian mobster feels. The extra- <laughs> yeah. Extra badass, you know. Way to get this guy. You know this guy right here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but how how you doing today, brother? And what's man. This? I'm great. No, thank you for having me. I think just like in, in hearing the intro and hearing everything coming together, <clears throat> asking people that, you know, just, well, everybody, hold on, let me backtrack and just say everybody has to perform on a daily basis in their own lives, you know, and then, and then trying to find similarities between different like high performing individuals, right. And in, in what you're doing here, I think is, is, uh, is a great thing for everybody, including the people on the podcast to find tools to help them move forward with, you know, within their own lives. So it's yeah. great. This is good stuff. I mean, I got, I got to be honest, dude. It, it's an interesting thing. Like, I will botch every – it's either I botch a name or I fumble over something, but that's how it is in life. You're like, just keep rolling with the punches. <laughs> I'm I'm learning. We're, we're both new. You're new to podcasting. You believe in the pod – believe in the punch. Sorry, podcast. You can obviously follow on Spotify, Google, all the platforms. It's a great podcast. I've listened to you interview, I want to say – Meisters that are much, you know, they're, they have sage advice on on the game of karate, and it's just a very focused podcast. And and you're a great interviewer as well, so it's cool to see, you know, have you in in the roles reverse. How's this? How's this going so far? I mean, this is great, and I mean, uh, I went in in my podcast, and I think that's something that we relate on. Obviously, like I, I said it before we started, but you're the sensei in the world of, <clears throat> you know, podcasting and interviewing and directing and all that stuff, right? So, um, me, I'm just the, I'm just the, I'm the newbie on the block. But the goal with that has just been to essentially interview in, uh, interview people that are not only my friends, but but uh, high level individuals within the industry of karate, but then, you know, branching out to other combat sports as well. Um, because I think there's a lot of similarities between combat sports in general, right? 
like a punch is a punch, right? Whether it goes from MMA to boxing to karate, you're still throwing a punch. And um, the values that follow behind that punch are very similar throughout the sports as well. So that's what I'm trying to highlight. So, so I have a question. Obviously, you kind of you touched upon it a little bit. MMA. Any interest? I mean, obviously, we have Wonder Boy, right? We 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 know that karate does very well in mixed martial arts. Is there any? Has there any? anybody ever tried to get you to do that, or you any interest? Uh, so me personally, nobody's like ever like scouted me or anything. But like, you need to do this. I'm just probably cause I'm a little. I'm too. I'm too nice of a person. <laughs> but um, no, I I like so the the muscle farm that you know the supplement company used to have mm-hmm. their facility, their training facility out here in Colorado. And um, <clears throat> I went there a few times, met some great coaches. They have like a, they had a super awesome facility and like Matt Brown, uh, TJ Dillashaw before he moved out to California. There's like some big time names, you know, that were there and I met them and they're, they're awesome people. But, um, and they, they were like, Hey, if you want to come spar or train here and stuff like that, that'd be cool. But I mean, not, like my, my life is surrounded by the family business of running, you know, running our dojo and stuff like that. So it just never happened to be, I never really had the interest of going full time like MMA, um, as far as like skill set and stuff, I have so much respect for those guys and like, <clears throat> uh, trying to get, get in touch with Justin Gaethje, another, you know, awesome guy who lives what 20 minutes from me, you know, and, and talk to him about some cool stuff regarding martial arts. But yeah, no, I never, never actually had a, like a huge desire or anything. I'm a fan of the sport and I, I appreciate what they do, but I, I don't know if I'll go that direction. No, it's a, it's a t- it's a whole different beast, right? I mean, it's it's fight to the fight to the death. I mean, yeah. right? I mean, it's it's like people are like, oh yeah, no, it's it's sport. You're like, well, it's fight to the death. Let's be modern day gladiators. Is what right? it is. You know, you're trying to you're trying to take the other person's head off. You know, and and like like again, like karate, obviously, like from from its roots. You know, we're we're you have to have that mentality. But our sport is bound with some rules. You know, and 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 not being able to like totally diminish the opponent's ability to keep fighting. Yeah, it's cool. I and so what's a date? You know, obviously you're 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 working at the family dojo. You have your pod. You're going to school. What's a, what's a day in the life look, look like for you? Yeah, uh, I mean, so I, I I'm still training full time with COVID and everything. You know, still still trying to maintain. We got our own little bubble here with some of the training partners. Um, basically, it's we I try I average around two practices a day, and then um two workouts a day and then and then we're running the running the show as far as the business on uh in between that <laughs> you know um and and then whatever time i have set aside or whatever time i could find is is designated for school and other hobbies like the podcast i have a girlfriend too so i guess that that fits in there so <laughs> <laughs> you got it i mean come on well that's obviously priority let's be real you know it's no, it like, is it is yeah <laughs> it's like come on you got you no know, because love always comes first and we i mean the sacrifices we make you're like i could have been an mma fighter but i no, i'm sorry but i <laughs> i wanted to, i wanted to enjoy somebody in my life <laughs> yeah, yeah. have you ever had any you know karate obviously is such a physical sport we've seen it in cobra kai and by that i mean i'm obsessed with cobra kai so uh and we've talked about this before so have you had any injuries that you you know that you, recently or or Dang, knock on wood right yeah. um nothing nothing huge <clears throat> mm-hmm. so like within our sport the like the most like the thing that you see the most is like anything related to your face and then um and then um essentially muscle anything to do with muscles whether it's like tears strains pulls uh, those things happen because, like, when you're training, you're you're conditioning your body to take hits, 
Like, because mm-hmm. every single day you're taking hits, your body's taking hits. So like, obviously bruises and things of that nature happen, or you might, you might take one shot that, you know, takes the breath out of you for a second, but like you recover from those things. Um, so for me, like, <clears throat> like a lot of muscle strains, pulls, um, injuries, like I've had bone bruises in my hand before, uh, from either catching a kick the wrong way or punching and it just hits the wrong way and stuff like that. And we, we train through those things. So I guess the, the part B to that is like you have to rehab but not rehab at the same time. Like you're still training through those injuries, so they, they last a long time. But uh, the ones that I highlight for me, um, I fractured my nose four times. And then, um, so small breaks, that's why it's so giant. Yeah. <laughs> and hey, then, we, all uh, have a, we all have an excuse. Mine is right. not that. Mine is just genetic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, and then uh, I've, I've three orbital bone fractures. So two below the eye and one above the eye on my right side. Wow. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. What, what does that feel like when, when that happens? And in, in, in it sleep? sucks. It sucks real, real. <laughs> it just, just you just, I, I just, my whole face just went into pain real quick. Or the second one is kind of a, it's, it's like a funny but gruesome story. I didn't know I, I fractured my underneath because I, I, so backtrack. I took a heel to the top and bottom, and uh, that's that's what did it the first time. And like I got concussed, and you know I went to the hospital immediately, all that stuff. But then like. I would say like a year and a half going on two years later, I got hit in the same spot underneath the eye from where it was originally fractured. Right. Wow. And, um, I didn't know that it was like that. It didn't swell up immediately. But like what happened was that night I was, so I was in, I was in Rio for one of the Pan American championships. And then I get back into the hotel that night and we're recovering me and my roommate. And we're just, you know, doing our thing and chatting and debriefing from the day. And I go to blow my nose before I go to sleep. And then all this fluid just puffs up into my eye and it shuts. It swells up. The whole thing swells shut. And then he starts laughing his ass off. And I'm like, bro, I can't see what happened. And all this stuff. And so it's like, it's like, it's like midnight. And we're like knocking on the team doctor's door. Like, oh my gosh, this guy, he's like, dude, Cam's eye just shut closed. He just blew his nose. And it was like, oh my God, what happened? And they were like, yeah, you're, you definitely got another fracture in there. And that's what happened. Essentially when you put the pressure on all that fluid didn't have anywhere to go. So, it, you know, it, because it was, it was cracked. Exactly. From right from my navel in, in nasal passage. <clears throat> and it went all in. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Any CTE? I mean, obviously, you know, so you have a a couple concussions. Is there any concerns with CTE? Is is that more like from, you know, football or or do you have any any of those long lasting head trauma issues? So, again, knock on wood, not me personally, um, but like it's definitely like a there's a liability for that because you're you're getting. We're, we're training. Like I've been training since I was five, like formally since I was five. And, you know, you, you take hits as a kid too. Yeah. Whether it's kicks, punches, whatever, you know. And um, I've had three, four concussions, you know, throughout my whole like, career. So it's not like anything. But then I uh, thank God none of them were like severe. I, I didn't – I never – like I've only been – knocked out per se like once <laughs> but, i gotta tell you what that is those are incredible numbers yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think i sparred once with my buddy and in my front yard he knocked me out cold pretty quick so it's, it's not that is incredible that's i mean for a whole lifetime of brawling you have like one yeah, knockout that's right. you've got a great chin holy yeah, cow no, I, I don't even know if it's that it's just i like i just don't like getting hit so i try to avoid it you know but no i as far as like long lasting it's definitely like 
a possibility and like a liability of what you do within like a combat sport. But thank God, like like a lot of the the precautions that have gone into karate, especially sport karate, are like for the safety of the athletes because we want longevity. You know, and like, as you see within like a lot of like, especially I think MMA, like UFC is like a good way to look at it because like a lot of those guys don't hit their prime until they're early to mid thirties. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And like karate, while it might like, it's not the exact same time frame. Like that's what we want to ensure like longevity within the sports. So like our gloves have like, they're, they're a little bit bigger gloves, right? So they're not like a boxing glove, but they're not an MMA glove. I'd say they're right in between. Um, and then depending on the brand, the ounce count might be a little bit different, but like, you know, it, it, it does, obviously it hurts to get hit, but like, it's not, it's not suffering every single time. Yeah. And, it, and it's an interesting thing. Cause those boxers, they take so many blows over and over and over again. And those big 16 ounce mitts, they can, they, they found that they, that actually the CT is worse in boxing than MMA. So it's a unique thing. I mean, we see these guys go straight cold kicks to the head and somehow boxers get it worse it might just be the training who knows i mean it's it's still those are great numbers and karate does it seems like you guys wear the headgear you have it a little bit more dialed and have sort of been on that tip for a long time right well we don't wear headgear so yeah 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 we so no headgear for us we wear mm-hmm. so we got those gloves and then um so for international circuit or you know uh international competitions we have to wear a like a chest guard Okay. Um, it's like this thin pad, essentially, that goes from like right about your collarbones right to your waistline. Um, and then shin guards and foot pads. So like if you've seen a lot of these, the MMA guys, when they're sparring in like in their, in their, in their gyms and everything, they'll wear those like foot coverings and like something to cover up their shin. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to that. And that's what we use for competition. Yeah, dude. I have, a, I have one. I was the sensei at the gym that I did a little bit of MMA training at. Let me just tell you, Karin – Darbedian, total badass. He's actually uh, he he's one of the few fighters who beat Tony Ferguson. So oh, he wow. made me spar him, and it's it's almost a joke. Let's be real. I am I am like two hundred fifty pounds, so I do have that. You know, I am an enormous human, and he would just stalk me down the whole gym. I remember even with the shin guards front, you know, I kicked him. I went to like whatever, just a, I don't know what do you call a roundhouse kick, and he just checked it with his elbow. Dude, I had a bone bruise for like four months. It sucks. It still it's sucks. The yeah. worst feeling. <laughs> even with a pad, even to the shin, he elbowed my shin and or checked it with the. And he just like I was like, holy cow! It was the <laughs> most painful thing. So no matter what you wear, if someone knows what they're doing, it it is awful. That was it, the worst. <laughs> it does. It really does. It really. It, it's. I mean, and. Granted, like you, you gotta think about right, and you, you know, right when like it's just like the blunt force of just getting hit. Like it, I mean, a pad is only gonna do so much when you have a thousand pound force of a kick coming behind it. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Dude, just one elbow. Yeah. I mean, just a, it's like how hell. So, um, so what's it like growing up in in a karate family? Like, honestly, you know, is it is it just it's just normal for for you, right? I mean, yeah, it- uh, it, it, I mean, normal for me, but not for anybody else, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I, like I was born into the dojo. Uh, my, uh, dad, uh, started our, our dojo, uh, which is now like a worldwide organization. We have locations all over the world now, which is pretty cool. But, um, yeah, he started it up in 1990 and then I was born in 96. Um, and my mom was still training while she was pregnant with me until the day before she gave birth. Um, 
Yeah, like straight up, like came out the womb. Kick it. <laughs> came out the womb, kick it. Yes. <laughs> and man, I started up, you know, we were in the dojo every single day, like, you know, because like a lot of times my parents would find babysitters through the dojo, right? So like they'd be teaching class and like there'd be, you know, like one of the teenage kids would be taking care of me as like a, as, as a youngin. And then, um, I, I started when I was five, but I was, I was like a little rascal, man. Like I wasn't paying attention. I was, I was wild. I was a little wild kid. So my parents like took me out until, you know, yeah. And then like we had to wait a year. So I, I like formally started again when I was six, but I was, I just didn't listen or anything like that. So I was crazy. Really? So you were, you were a naughty child. Yeah. I was. Yeah. Okay. I was like, what? I was like, sensei's my dad. All right. Back off. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know. <laughs> and then, so, so, and then what about your dad? What's his, what's his story in getting into, into karate? What how was that? Uh, yeah, man. So, so my dad, so both of my parents are originally from Iran. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they didn't meet there. They met in the States, but, uh, my dad, he, <laughs> he started karate when he was 12 behind his parents back. Uh, he was like doing it in secret, started at a dojo back in Iran and they didn't know cause they, they wouldn't, they would take him out and stuff like that. But, uh, it grew and my dad, my dad, you know, when he left Iran, he went to, he lived in Japan for a while, lived in England for a while and was training consistently under all the big senseis you could imagine. Um, and then eventually made his way to the U.S. Um, and he studied out here, but was still training, still found a dojo, straight roots from Japan. Like, he's OG OG. Like, we have foot pads and stuff now, but his karate was like no pads, you know? Like, <clears throat> almost like bare knuckle, right? For everything. Cool. And, uh, yeah, he's like OG, man. Like, when I say that, no exaggeration, you know? And, <laughs> and, um, and then, yeah, man, he – and then eventually he broke off from, like, the organization and stuff and decided to start his own, and that's how the dojo came about. And then eventually after meeting my, – my mom started later. She, like, met him, and he was like, hey – part of the contingency is you got to start, you got to train too, you know, <laughs> I guess and now, and now she's one of the most like high ranking individuals within the world of karate now. So it's crazy to see how everything kind of came together. Wow. So, so he's just a, a great teacher and inspiration and it's the best, it's, it's, it's the cool best. To have. What, and, and how does that, how did that inspire you? Obviously you, you went into karate, you followed in the footsteps and same with your sister, same with your mother. Mm how does that take you to sports psychology? What's, where's that transition? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's, I guess we got to track it a little bit here Um, because I started karate and it was always like, it was always the, I just didn't know anything else. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, like my parents and I'm not, and this is like the most respectful way, like they never came to any of my other games and within like, in like, or like, I'd say like 5% of my games when I was doing other sports, it's just because, and I didn't think anything of it because I knew the dojo, you know, opened at five and closed at nine every single day, you know, and then, you know, I had to figure mm-hmm. out rides to get to other things and stuff like that. And that's just the way it was. And, um, and, and, but like, that was normal for me. And, um, eventually that, that I, I, I came to the realization that that's not normal for everybody. Right. So then mm-hmm. I was doing other sports and things. And I'm, I, again, I'm giving you the long answer to, to your question, but, um, I think it's important because like coming, you know, noting like where, how things progressed, Mm-hmm. Um, is basically my sports psychology story. Um, so I'd say sophomore year of high school, I was playing basketball. I was like serious, man. I was like, as as the five eleven kid I am, I thought I was going to the. I thought I was going to become all pro and everything, right? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> playing JV, right? <laughs> so, in Colorado, right? In Colorado, that's you know, it doesn't you know, there's not much of a better better setup than that, right? So. Um, and, and, uh, at the same time I was still training and I'm doing all those Mm -hmm. things. And I had already been on the junior national team was already sponsored. No, I wasn't sponsored yet, but, 
Um, I made it on the junior team, went to my first <clears throat> world championships uh, when I was 15. Wow. Um, and got a bronze medal, you know, and, and that was, I like, I'm still the only, I was the first and only male to ever get a medal at the world championships from the U.S. in fighting. So as a junior, as a junior, not, not as a senior. Right. And like, and that was cool. And like that brought about like a whole bunch of opportunities as far as like sponsorships and, um, <clears throat> and, uh, just like love. I, I like, I got inducted to the Colorado hall of fame at that point. And it was just like, it was like this thing, it was like essentially picked up. Right. And like, mm-hmm. I was in like the mag, like the, not magazines, um, like Denver post and like, you know, news and all that stuff. Right. And at that point in time, I decided to go full-time karate. Like we should just put everything else. I, I don't think it's working out with anything. Else. Yeah. <laughs> and um, man, and then that's where it kind of started, right? Going into my late teens, um, the pressure of, you know, being that individual, both for our, like our organization and um, setting the expectations for myself and, and uh, some pressures I felt from coaches and stuff like that at the time, essentially ate away at me. And um <clears throat> Going into my late teens, I hit some like in heavy depression, uh, heavy, heavy, like bad moments um, was, you know, I, I, near death essentially twice. I'm going to leave it at that. I got to like that point, you know, in, in really? my late, late teens. And, and it was, you know, and, and shout out to my both of my parents, obviously, but my dad was the one who, who helped me out the most throughout that time. He was like, man, like whatever we need to do to help you, let's do it. You know, and, and I tried everything and nothing was working. Right. And um I was just like, man, I feel like shit. Every single day I wake up, I'm like, man, I just, I, I want to go down the wrong path, right? I don't want to do this. I don't know, like, why, why I have all these talents, but why doesn't it feel right to do that? And all these questions, right? And like, being a lost teenager was just, just a mess in its own. And it was right on the cusp of when I was moving from juniors to seniors, which means like you, you're 18, you can, you're eligible to go for like our, our perfect, like what I would call like professional, right, for karate. And and it was not an easy transition for me. Um, I, I was losing. Uh, I like, I went like a stint of like 17, 18 months of like not winning a single competition. Wow. Like, yeah, it was just, it was just like, <clears throat> I, I, I did not have my feet underneath me. And essentially what happened at that point was uh, we had a guy named, his name is Bob Davis in, in the dojo. And um, he is a psychiatrist. And, um, and, and he's known me since I was like a little kid, like, yeah. like baby, you know, he's been in the dojo forever, you know? And at that point yeah. in time, my yeah. parents, Whoa, I'm so sorry. No, your money. <laughs> Dog gotta uh, eat. Yeah, I guess so. I was like a little <laughs> pup, it just went all so up. cute. And uh yeah, so uh Bob Davis was here at the dojo and, and my dad was like mom and dad were like, Hey, just talk to him one time, see how it goes. Like maybe he can help you out. And we've tried everything. Okay, sounds good. Um, and that man changed everything for me. That changed everything. And I was like, man, is there like any industry for people to do this for like athletes? And he was like, you numb nut. Like it's sports psychology. What are you talking about? Is there... I was yeah. like, what? Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Like I didn't know this was a thing. And boom, that's how it started up. And then so between him and then one of the U.S. national team coaches right now, his name is Akira Fukuda. He's actually my first guest on my podcast. Um, yeah, he's like episode number one was with him. He's my mentor, and he was like the one that solidified like the seal of approval for sports psychology because he's my I guess my sports psychologist, but he's also a licensed sports psychologist. And um, and then between that man, everything started coming together, and and I was essentially the goal was like I never want anybody to ever feel what I felt at that point in time, and like the hopelessness and like the despair, depression, anxiety, everything that was built up. And for all the students that I teach now, I, I want to be able to be the, 
I want to be the person that helps them through that moment. You know what I'm saying? And uh, that was essentially the, the motivation for why to go into sports psychology. That's cool. And, and what was that like experiencing, you know, you, you said you had a couple, you know, near death moments. Is that something you were, you were questioning even committing suicide? Is that you were, you were having suicidal thoughts and, 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 and if that's the case, what do you say to people? You know, this is something that's a lot of people are talking about this more now than ever. Right. How do you fight that? You know, obviously you're a fighter. So it, our mind is a muscle and how do you, how do you train your mind un, you know, unpack that and, and train your mind out of that battle? Yeah. And, and so it, that was exactly what it was, right? I got, I, there was two instances in particular where I was on the verge of, or like thought about committing suicide. Um, and it's it, it just, it's, it sucks, man. Like it sucks being in that point, but like, unfortunately the way it was for me, it was like, I found it to be easier to go that route than wanting to fight against it. You know, and I think that was like realizing that I was like, oh my gosh, like that's, that in itself needs to change. <clears throat> and um, the, the thing that stood out after that was, okay, I, I obviously don't like feeling this way, but it's like, I, it's, it's, it's become a routine now. So then how do we back out of this routine? And um, everybody thinks that it needs to be like giant changes, right? Like, oh, I need to make lifestyle changes within my eating. I need to exercise more. I need to like try and tackle this ginormous you know, chunk of pie went for me, that wasn't it. It was like, when, as soon as I started working with, with Bob, he was just like, well, well why don't you start journaling? Mm. Like simple as that. It was just like, why don't you just like write out how you're feeling? <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Like, it doesn't have to be 10 things at once. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's just like, just do one thing, you know? And like, and then eventually from there you start working like different brain muscles. Right. So <clears throat> And, and then, you know, you come into a routine and then, and then things can build up from there. But so like, I, I guess the first thing was realizing that it doesn't have to be, you don't have to tackle everything at once. It can be, it can be one, you know, smaller things and then you build up from there. And then part two is like, I need to get my feet underneath me. How am I going to center? You know, like, just like in the same ways in a match, right? Like if I get scored on, obviously you don't like to get hit or scored on in a fight, but like, what do you do to recenter? Like, just like get yourself back, right? Just like take take yourself out of the moment for a second and just be like, okay, hey, I'm here, I'm good. Things yeah. like I'm still I'm still moving, I'm still all right. Okay, now I can move forward. You know what I'm saying? And then re revisit that situation. I think that's what happens a lot too. It's like the snowball effect, right? One bad thing happens, and you're still thinking about that thing as you move on to the next thing in your day, and then that go doesn't go right, and then you know what I'm saying? And then it just picks up and gets bigger yeah. and bigger and bigger. So like those would be the two things that I would say I would say like would be would be a good starting point. It's just like <clears throat> you know realize that you don't have to do everything. Start with something small. So for me it was journaling, and then um I got hooked on meditation. Um and it's like it was like those five minute like go to YouTube meditations, man. Like it was just like the most small like non not informal thing you could imagine, right? But it was just like starting with something, you know, and it doesn't have to be those ten things. And then the other thing was figure out how to reset like quick resets. Like <clears throat> just because the first half of your day was shitty doesn't mean the second half of the day is going to be that way, you know? And like, and like being able to reevaluate and just like, boom, okay, it's 11 AM. All right. I got to do this now. Okay. Let's go for it. You know, and go from there. Well, that's beautiful. And, and, and thanks for opening up. I got to say, you know, these, uh, now more than ever, it's important for leaders like yourself to kind of open up about, the vulnerabilities we have in our minds, because obviously most people, even, even for me on the, on, from the outside, you're like, okay, this guy's killing it, slaying it, whatever the terminology is, you know, I too have this, a similar you know, struggle. Um, 
mine mine was later in life i i'm always i'm still a really jo- i'm the jolliest guy you'll ever meet jolly giant truly <laughs> you know, but like at 27 but at 27 i had us it didn't happen in my teens uh, but I, I i you know i have bipolar disorder which was it's actually more mania um not i mean i have these depressive thoughts but i've never i feel that and i just kind of run away from that deep dark pit but I, you know, my grandma committed suicide, so that's a thing. So it's in there. There's some whatever that is, I, and it happened way late in life, you know. And those things are all sometimes they're genetic. We actually don't understand this. I mean, we're trying to figure out the psychology of it. But I agree with you. For me, I've been doing the um, the run, which is I'm such an awkward runner, but I do it. <laughs> you know, running. I also take take medicine. That's the other thing. So I, I mm. you know, I kind of go onto that angle. The take your pill. You know run journaling is good i need to do more of that but writing uh, i have a, a therapist who's a you know, david silverman he's an emmy award-winning therapist i mean how 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 privileged am i that's amazing he wrote the flintstones movie and he's like hey here's what you got to do you know um this oh is my how gosh. You, yeah isn't that it's so la but you know he's like hey here's what you got to do write this thing it's going to make you feel better and the same thing write down your thoughts meditate I mean, I'm a Deepak Chopra goat right before bed guy, and there's something about that sultry voice, that sultry YouTube video. That I, <laughs> it's free, right? So yeah. everybody's in on it. LeBron James with Calm. Um, you know, it's really, and I appreciate you sharing because more people, especially in your dojo or just in uh, online, are gonna say, "Oh wow, Dan has this thing, and he's he's o- overcoming it, and he's using all of these tools, and we can kind of share these free tools and give access to things that obviously, it's your psychiatrist, you know, he's, Bob's probably charging four fifty an hour, and he's like, dude, journal. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, so yeah. boom, there's four fifty and free free services. So- Shout out to you for opening up as well. You know what I'm saying? You know, like it, it's, it's like, it's hard because moments like that are like the vulnerable times. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not even like you're like reflecting on hard times in life. Okay, everybody has hard times, but like the parts where like you're specifically vulnerable, you know, you're like, I don't really want to talk about this, but it's important because <laughs> it would help, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. right. No, for sure. Who knows? It might just be helping us, you know, right. Right? It's, it's just, <laughs> I don't know. just shooting the breeze of my boy, Dan. It's, yeah, fine. It's, pretty, <laughs> no, it's pretty weird. Everyone, everyone I know who's a, a a genius has opened up about their mental health or experiencing some sort of uh, weakness in their mind. And, and it becomes, it's like your Achilles heel can also become your, your, your growth hedge or your silver lining to this cloud. And it probably powers you. And, and I'm sure that, I mean, I've seen it in your dojo. You guys have like, you have such a, a strong following and seeing the, the growth of how many people you're going to, you know, inspire. It's incredible. And also, I mean, what's next? I mean, Matt, you get your master's in sports psychology. What, what is the, what's the next thing? Are you going to start writing books? What, how does this go? Well, I don't know about book writing. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see, we'll like see about, we'll see if, yeah, we'll, we'll stick with a podcast for right now. <laughs> but I mean, obviously I want to become a licensed sports psychologist and um, well, I mean, here's, here's the thing. So, so a lot of people are, are, coining the term like they don't like sports psychologists because they think they're shrinks so i have to i have to say we're now mental strength coaches <laughs> that's mental strength coaches right like yes. I, my professor would get my the the professor would get mad if he didn't uh, if i didn't say that you know <laughs> so, mental strength. And is that mental like- strength coaches yeah <laughs> yeah well i mean Maybe maybe it's time for some euphemisms. Is it? How does that make you feel? The that terminology. Well, it's more of like it. It, it makes it right because like, mm-hmm. like when you think of like a lot of people, I think don't need 
everything. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it could be just that one little specific thing that helped. All right. Well for, Hey, for Danny, it's his run, you know, like, or like figuring out how to maximize and like make your run more efficient to help you boost other parts of your life or whatever it is. But a lot of people just need like the same way they train physical muscles, right? You go to strength and conditioning to train your body. Right. So we want to have the same outlook on your mind and like mental strength training. Right. One of the classes I'm taking is literally called mental strength and conditioning. We have this thing called the pre-performance performance and then post-performance routine so it's like a routine that you would run before every single workout right and it's like the same routine and that routine involves like the same stretch warm-up the same you know mental process if you meditate before your workouts that's what you do and like that's essentially what i would run through my pre-performance routine in order to get uh into the right space for uh my training session or my competition or anything like that it's like a 20 minute solid routine of like how I go through my warm up, and then what I'm thinking about during that warm up, right? So I'm letting go of anything that led up or would be after my training session, just thinking about what like what I'm doing in my in my warm up, right? So like, if I'm going through a certain stretch or a certain movement, like I'm focusing on all the pinpoint things like targeting of my punches, how my hips are rounding out for my kicks, I'm not thinking about anything other than what I'm doing in the moment. Um, But like for my competition, like my pre performance routine is about an hour and 15 minutes of just yeah prep and like getting myself into a good state before that um but yeah that's how i get into that that flow state cool i mean yeah that's that's very specific and yeah i I obviously would it takes so you're probably like dude in order to break down an hour and 15 minutes i need an hour and 15 minutes right (laughs) (laughs) sorry you know you sort of a lot of work so yeah i had a, a a guy i always wish i had a better routine and i was more meticulous with it i think it was one of my weaknesses i i didn't know i had a lot of when I look back, even, even we had a sports psychologist, we had, I want to say her name was Rhonda Hackshaw. We also had Ken Revisa spoke to us. He he passed away last year. He was a baseball sports psychologist, very yep. famous. And uh, you, yeah, you know about Ken Revisa. And Ken, Ken's badass, man. Ken's about, so I, I got, he spoke to us directly. Come on, get on the mound, bitch. But I didn't really know that I had whatever anxieties and all these things. In, and I was ruminating and thoughts that weren't happening and I wasn't in the moment. But Matt Rossman, I remember he had such a good dialed routine. And, I, and not to say that his talent wasn't in line with his routine. It was just like everything kind of converged at a perfect place. Right. And he had such good performances i believe because of his mental uh, fortitude and and his routine and, and his strength and, and it mentally um and it was something that i was like man i wish i could have dialed that in when i was playing i i just i wasn't consistent i played much better against better competition and i played like crap against crappy people and i have no idea that makes no sense that i could strike out the all-american you know, home run leading guy at Texas and then give up a home run to some guy at Monterey Bay. It makes no sense. It doesn't actually break. It doesn't make sense. But um, here we are in life and it's nonsensical. Uh, So uh, so obviously you had, you know, 2020, you have to pivot. You know, can you talk a little bit about your you represent Team USA and representing Team USA? You can be the best person in the United States for your specific weight class, but you may not be able to go to the, the Olympics. What, why is that? Can you break that down? I don't understand it. What is the, what is the, the thought process behind that? And how, why is it so competitive to make the Olympic team on an international level? Right. It, it's, I think, I think the majority of athletes don't even understand it. It's so confusing. <laughs> right. Uh, so our trial process goes 
okay, you, you win at nationals, you have to make it into the top six of your weight class at nationals. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you, those same top six, six months later, will be fighting each other for who's going to represent the team for the, that year. Um, and then the top two are on the national team. This first and second are eligible to go to the Pan American Championships, which is all the countries within the Americas, North, South, Central. Um, and then the first place individual is eligible to go to the World Championships, but only the first place. But then now, once you've made it onto the U.S. team pool, so that means first, second, third, you're eligible to also compete on what we call the Premier League circuit. So just like, it's like our Grand Prix, right? Anybody that knows, right? You have competitions all over the world. It's a circuit, you know, calendar, you go through it. And at those tournaments, you essentially get X amount of points based off of your performances, right? So you have like a participation point. It's like 75 points. And then based off how many matches you win or like what medal you get, you get more points. And those points affect your world standing. And now your world standing is how we qualify for the Olympics. So since this is, so karate is technically an interim sport, which means it's not going to count towards the medal count at the Olympics because it's its first time in. But because it's also its first time in, there were some rule changes. We actually have five weight categories right now, but it's cut down to three for the Olympics. So they take the two heaviest and combine those and then the two lightest and they combine those. So just for ballpark figures, there's 500 people in each category within like the, like the world rankings. So now not, and I fight in light heavyweight. So that's under 84 kilograms. So 185 pounds. So we got combined with over 84, you know what I'm saying? So now not, not only is it the 500 in my group, but it's the 500 in the heavyweight group. So now out of a thousand people, you have to be ranked within the, essentially the top 10 in the world in order to qualify for the games. So it's not an equal representation as far as like one person from each country. They're only having the top 10 people in the world go to the Olympics. So backtrack to where I started from, you have to win everything <laughs> essentially on this stepping stone to get, so you could, I could, I like me, I'm on the national team, but right now my current world ranking is not high enough to be within the top, you know, like the, those guys that are going to the Olympics. So I'm on the same U.S. team that, you know, Michael Phelps, all these other awesome yeah. badass people are on, but I'm technically not qualified for the games at this point just because my ranking is not high enough. And that's because you're competing against heavyweights too, right? I mean, Yeah, you- well, yeah, exactly, yeah. So it's not only the point percentages within my weight class, it's also the point percentages within, like, everybody within heavyweight. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the s- same old thing, right? And, and it also – it, it it is just so hard to get to the, <laughs> I mean, to get to the games, and it, and that's because karate karate got brought back because of Tokyo, right? And they wanted that sport in there, right? And it's that's right. It's heritage, right? It's a heritage sport a little bit in uh, Tokyo. Is that right? Yep, that's right. So with um, we got what was it? Skateboarding, karate, and surfing were the three sports that were brought in for this round of uh, the games, but. Um, I don't know. It doesn't look like we have a very good chance to make it for the 2024 games for Paris right now. So if anybody has any, and listening to this has any power, please Come on. <laughs> support. We got to make it back to another games. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So but, we got to break dancing. Break dancing. Break dancing. Break dancing. That's an going. Olympic sport. Bra- in 2024. You know, that's, that's why a- we're, you know, we're, we're, we're working, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Everything. Or, you know, everything's a sport. Head spins are sporting. Dude, do you have to do you have to go or do we 
do you have to bounce? We're still no, no. We're good. I'm just, okay. I'm just. We're we're, we're oh, showing shoot. love to the we're showing love to the pup right now. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. Hey, show a hey, dog one. Let's show <laughs> him. Come he's on. He's a big. He's a big guy. Oh, is he a big boy? <laughs> Can you lift him let up? See, let me see. He's uh, lift him up like a little, heavyweight. Little, little salty today. Oh. <laughs> this is George. Yeah, this is George. Oh, hello, George. Jorge. Yeah, oh my that's goodness. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh my my pup he's seven months old he's already oh. 60 pounds so yeah uh, oh my god <laughs> what a cute buddy oh my yeah goodness. this is this is my training partner here oh so. my gosh i need to get a dog so now and i guess uh so 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 that we, we we found out so this is sort of a, this interim year is challenging it's 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 controversial I, I believe maybe paris will bring it bring it there or at least 2028 it might come back um Either way, you know, you're still on team, you know, repping Team USA, which is dope. Now, you were, uh, I read you're one of uh, three U.S. athletes to receive a Pan Am uh, Games medal upgrade. And tell us about that story, if you can. What was it like for you? You know, obviously, there was someone who was doping or something. Can you can you kind of go into that and, and what yeah, it feel like? Definitely. So, uh, Pan American Games is like the Olympics, but just for like our half of the world, put it that way. Um, it happens every four years, just like the, the Olympics does. And it's all the sports. Everybody's there. There's an athlete's village. It was in Lima, 2019. Um, it was my first Pan American games. And the, the qualification process for that was also extremely rigorous. It was like a, uh, like a 13 or 14 month process in order to qualify, to go to the game. So you had to win gold at three separate events in order to make it to that one. And thank God that's what happened to me. And, you know, and, and I, I got there and, it was amazing. It was an amazing experience to be part of like, you know, you felt really like a team USA athlete, you know, we had like our own section and um, everybody was there. There was some awesome athletes, you know, swimmers. I was rooming with um, um, some ski, uh, ski shoot uh, archers. I'm sorry, not ski shooters, archers. And like, they were super cool. Yeah, they were, it was awesome. It was like the experience itself was great. And um, yeah, the competition went well. I, I ended up taking silver um, I hadn't had any points scored on me the whole event with the exception of that final match, which, which, which it wasn't a point that was scored on me. It was like an exchange that happened. We both punched each other and, um, um, like his coach threw up a challenge card. So you can do that to have like a video review to see if, you know, the, the referees who were in the match made a mistake or not. And, um, I, we, we, I did it at the same time and my punch got called as a no and his got, his punch got called as a yes. And that was how the match finished out. So it was one zero, um, him. And it was like a controversial call only because, um, like I, if I'm honest, neither of our punches were really that good. Um, but if someone made more contact, it was me in the moment. Like it was this jammed up tight punch, but his likes went past my head to where mine hit on his chin and they gave him the point and me the no. Um, lo and behold, I wasn't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to complain about that. Or it was like, I'll I was, I'll complain. <laughs> Formal complaint has just Formal been filed. <laughs> filed. But it was, it, it was a good experience, you know, I, and, and like, that was the, you know, we had a stadium there. It was like, it was like over, it's like several thousand people that it was, it was a blast, man. It was like, the experience itself was great. And like, honest to God, that was my appreciation for the moment was beyond another level and making it to the finals was great. I remember just talking to my dad on the phone after we were waiting to go to get the medals. And I was like, honestly, I was happy, but I'm just upset that I couldn't bring back the, the gold for everybody back home, you know, because, you know, so much people invest time and, and money and everything into me. And I'm reaching for something right now, but you'll see it in just a second. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, about six, six months for five, 
five months later, I was, I just finished a workout and then I get a call that says, Hey, so from the CEO of USA karate. And he was like, Hey, so yeah, the guy that won got caught for, um, you know, doping. (laughs) I was like, what? What? He's like, yeah, you're now the Pan American Games gold medalist. And then I was like, okay, boom. And then we got. (laughs) (laughs) So explain. And so, so, wow. Not only did he get a, uh, kind of let's just call it a bs point we'll just yeah. say you hit him on yeah, the shin yeah. it's in addition to that i mean insult to injury he also was cheating <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i what? i mean yeah i'm so you beat a cheater. <laughs> so hold on. so what what was what was the doping what was the sauce honestly the- i don't, don't i don't know man i really don't know um like usually so USADA is like the united yeah. states anti-doping agency yeah. yeah they always come out with like a like a, like yeah exactly like a public report but the wada is called like world anti-doping agency they didn't like they don't usually so i don't i didn't really go out of my way to fight i was just too stoked i got the medal i was like i don't really care what he was on <laughs> <At that point. laughs> he was caught. you know so i was just i was i was if anything at that point i was like damn i really wish i beat him now because then if he got caught and i beat him that would have been money you know that would have been amazing, right, right? Yeah. so no but it was good and i mean yeah, I pride myself on being a clean athlete and, you know, and, and a lot of us do. So for, for athletes that are in that, you know, on that end of the spectrum, we, we you know, we, we, we like when, when athletes that do have a competitive advantage get caught for it. So, yeah, I mean, that's amazing. I mean, it's just, I feel like, have you seen Joey Greco uh, cheaters? Have you seen that show? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't that be <laughs> great if Joey following Gre- around? Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't that be great if Joey Greco did this to like athletes who are just cheaters? Like- <laughs> You've been just caught. Up. <laughs> yeah. We, we caught you with six, yeah, <laughs> with six needles in your right butt cheek. You know, it's just like HGH. <laughs> ever heard of it? You know. <laughs> so I think this is a great time. So we're gonna segue to. We kind of already delved into it a little bit, but our second chance uh, section, which is our stop the stigma section, we're gonna take a moment to be grateful for moments like these where we can have a sip of coffee. The Broken Dove Podcast is sponsored by Kilo. Kilo app takes a qualitative approach to tracking your mental health by analyzing the quality of your sleep, workout, diet, even libido. Kilo keeps me dialed in. Kilo motivates me to work hard in and out of the gym. It also helps me maintain relationships and keep perspective, because no matter how bad you got it, someone has it worse. And trust this, we need you out there. Maybe do it for your son, your student. Do for someone you've yet to meet, your inner savage. Dig in and do work. Kilo, building better humans. Back in, back in. Obviously, martial arts, it's a mental game. Um, We talked about it. I struggle sometimes with my own mental health. Even this last week, I was really worked up and, and, you know, it's a battle, like finding the way to work, you know, work within our minds. You're, you're getting your master's in sports psychology or mental strength and fitness. (laughs) I don't know, but it's important, whatever the term, I mean, you know, you're, you're helping yourself and others overcome uh, the, the roadblocks in your mind. So how uh, how have you noticed obviously you talked about how you struggled in your you know you know when you were in your teens and coming out of that into your 20s um how how have you helped you know others with the knowledge that you've gleaned through uh university of colorado 
Yeah, and so so University of Colorado is my undergrad. Now uh, I'm at Adam State University, which oh, is the okay. smaller. Yeah, it's just a smaller school out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm on, I'm going through their online program, which is it's 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 badass. And I, I use that. I don't use that term. I, I use it a lot, but I don't use it lightly. Like it's a great program. <laughs> and um, um, yeah, honest to God, I use it every single day. So I'm I coach our competitive team which travels. Uh, I have several athletes who are on the junior national team right now. Um, I have several, you know, several athletes that I work with who, who are, who have gone through very hard times, whether it's uh, depression, anxiety, and all, all those other things, or, you know, there, I, I, I have a mentorship program that I have se- several kids on. Um, and, and like, that's what I'm geared towards. Right. So like, obviously I want to help athletes that are high level or like the same as me, if not even higher level than me. But I think um, I, I, I try to come from like a holistic standpoint, right? So like if you help younger individuals out and give them the tools that they, they can use, you know, that that's going to be with them for life, you know? So hopefully when they do get to those high level points, whatever it may be, whether it's with karate or they go into their own industries, um, they can use those same skills and, and, and then help or boost up what their own performances are, you know? Great. And so you've, you've already done it. You have a mentorship program. So that's great. And so, it, and how do you destigmatize it? Do you say like, Hey, mental strength is really important. It's, it's, it's everything. I, I know that uh, my coach in, in college had us uh, looking and talking to blades of grass, which was, you know, it can't get much wilder than that. I mean, talking to grass, <laughs> but what, what do you, what do you do specifically in, in, in your doge? Um, I just try and talk to them like people. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I don't, like I don't go in there and be like, all right, we're going to like work on your mental skills. You know, it's more like, let's just talk. What are you struggling with? You know, what's going on? You know? And, and, um, more than anything, I just want to be a vo- like a person, um, that, that other people feel comfortable with. <clears throat> and as a sensei to, you know, over like hundreds of kids, like that's what I would want to, obviously I can't help each individual one every single day and stuff like that. But if they, anybody's struggling with anything, like I, I look at all, everybody as a person before the athlete or before the doctor or before the whatever, you know, like, and, and that's how I try and approach it. So like there was one kid in an example who came in and he was just like, man, I've been to like several psychiatrists and psychologists and you know, they can't help me and I'm doing this. And I was just like, well, sit down and let's, let's just have a chat. Like, I don't, I don't care, man. Like, I don't care about anything else. Like, let's just, let's just talk. And he was just like, what? Like, you're not going to start telling me about the things I need to fill out or anything like that. I was like, no, I just want you to sit down and tell me what's happening. (laughs) (laughs) And then based off of that, you know, just, just based off of that, then we can come up with like, if I need like some, a lot of times, man, like people don't need a formal, like a formal, like we need to do this skill and this skill and this skill. Like it's, it's sometimes it's just, you just sit there and talk. I'm like, you just need to believe in yourself. And that's really about it. Like do something with intention. And they're like, wait, what? I can do that. I'm like, yeah, that's it. Done. Go, <laughs> that's it, you know, you know? So, um, that's, that's how I, I don't, I don't, I don't come from like, I don't come with the approach of like, you need to work on your mental skills. It's more like, let's just make you a good person. And then mental skills will come with it. Yeah. And be in the present kind of, it sounds like it's always man, always, you know? And like, I think that's, I, I have the same, like, that's an issue for me too. Like thinking about what's in the past, what's in the future, what's going to happen later today. What am I eating for my next meal? You know, it's like all this stuff. Right. And like, uh, like, especially with the younger ones, like I noticed that like 
I hate to put the blame on like social media, but like we're exposed to so many things and like these kids are intuitive, man. They're smart. They're intuitive. They're with it. And they pick up things quickly, you know, and, and to compare them, you know, compare a 15 year old kid to someone who's already 25, you know, and they look at that person and they're like, I need that now. Otherwise I'm not going to be happy. Right. Like yeah. what do you, what was it? What do you think is going to happen at that point? You know? So just, just realizing every, like, I'm like, dude, you're 15, you're, you're 10, you're, 18 just focus on this be this age be you right now and the other stuff will happen you know so yeah it's interesting it. you got like Eckhart Tolle has the you know the power of he, he wants you to be now is it the power now? right right the power right right, right. Yep. also uh Ram Dass's book be here now be here and yep mm -hmm. be here now see so a lot of these guys that they're getting obviously various eastern philosophies and bringing them to the west in their own ways or just through uh psychedelic experiences or out-of-body experiences and it seems that all come down to the present and right. that is the gift that we all get right um but yeah thank, thanks so much for sharing your experience and, and and i think that um this the stop the stigma is just like getting out of the uncomfort the discomfort with talking about it and even having that conversation that you're just sitting down that is the hardest part right with, with one of your student athletes and and discussing that like yo dude it's not that weird just find a routine be in the moment right kick, kick. <laughs> i don't want you to be thinking about your punch when you kick, right. kick right you punch right. punch and when you're warming up warm up don't worry about your fight that happened uh previously um obviously you probably you probably had after that game when you when you know you your match in the pan am games and you got that weird punch I imagine there was so much going on like what could i have done differently what this 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 moment uh, i can't imagine that was was there anything in that in that section where you're like dude regret and then all of a sudden to have this this moment where you realize that the that the whole thing was a ruse I, I can't imagine. I'm just, my mind's circling, just visualizing what I would be like in your place. Also to see a punch, like a jam up punch where you hit the guy. What a unique thing. Did you get, did you have any um, moments where you were replaying that in your head or was it just like it happened and, and you moved Yeah. On? I mean, yeah, obviously like that, it was eating at me. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I'm an extremely competitive person. Mm -hmm. Like if I lose, I want to lose to someone that beat me, you know? And like, yeah. I respect that, you know? And in the moment, like, I think in the moment of the match, like my mental skills kicked in at that point. And um, um, talking to my, I, I mentioned him earlier, coach Akira um, mm -hmm. like that. He's my mentor. And he was taught, we, I talked to him probably twice a day, every single day while I was in Peru for that, for the event. And I just remember him saying like, everything's supposed to happen. You know, what's supposed mm -hmm. to happen is going to happen. You just need to go out and be yourself. And so then that's in the moment, like that's what happened. Right. I got hit and I was like, Ah, this sucks, but well, there's still a minute and a half left. Let's run this thing. You know, let's go get it. You know, and obviously, you know, it didn't work out, and I, I didn't, I didn't score any points. But I was like, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna put this guy through hell in order to, like, he's got to win, he's got to take this from me. Like, there's not gonna be that moment. And that's just kind of where I went to, you know. And I was like, if I lose, I lose. Like, it's not, I've, I've lost before. It's not like a yeah. new thing, you know. So, and, you know, I, I went for it, and you know, and the, the, the result of the match was what it was, and, and. I think the the one thing that I went back to, like, obviously, right. I was like, man, if I had just put myself in a different position, like what, what could I have done mm -hmm. to, <clears throat> to like better position myself to score a point after that happened, right. All of those things, right. Like yeah. they come through, but I'm just like, I, I had to stop myself in my post-performance routine. So after I perform, right. My routine after that. And I just remembered, I was like, well, well, what's supposed to happen happened, you know, and, and mm -hmm. this is time for me to grow, right. Obviously there's going to be things to get better from. And 
the people who always loved me still loved me, whether I got the medal or not, you know, and, and that's where I went back to. And I came back to the dojo and these little kids, they don't give a crap. Like, they're like, well, what game are we going to play for class? You know, <laughs> you know? Like, they, they don't care, yeah, man. Like, why, where just, were you? <laughs> yeah, it's like, why did you leave? You were supposed to help me get ready for my belt test. Like, what? <laughs> you know, like, they, they don't care. They're just doing their thing. So, like, and that's, that was kind of like the, I think that theme kind of stayed throughout. And then obviously yeah. like getting the call that it happened, I was like, oh, heck yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's amazing, you know, but it doesn't take away from the fact that, you know, we're still, we're still living life. We're still going. And I think I'm not trying to go off on a tangent here, but like, that's what I got caught up with in like trying to get ready for the games. Like, man, the Olympics is this, the Olympics is that Olympics is everything. If I don't make it to Olympics, I'm obviously a failure. Right. And like all these thoughts. Right. Mm. And like, hold up, hold up. Life doesn't just, I don't just like die after the Olympics. Right. Like it, life continues, you know, life continues. And we have to look for like improvements throughout life, not just Mm -hmm. this little, like this little pinpoint moment. Right. You know, so that was kind of the approach that everything's been sticking with is like being in the moment, but like improving for the future as well. Yeah. That's incredible, man. Wow. Bars. I was like, yeah, it was like a lot, right? (laughs) Poetry. No, no, no. I mean, honestly, you only lose, you only lose when you lose, you learn, right? That's one of the things. And when, if you only lose when you quit, so you didn't do either of those things, you actually won and you learn. So it's, it's a, it's always a benefit. And, and so I think this this is great. Think that, I mean, thanks for opening up about that section. I think is awesome. Now we're going to like kind of like a rapid fire, which is, let's uh, do it, man. Let's let's change it up. Yeah. Well, no, no. Also, Rapid fire is like is if this you know if there was like a, a playoff. So this is a quick one. Um, these will be just as fast as you can. Can oh. just boom 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 as quick as you can. Don't I, think. Wait, give me an hour and a half. I need to go through my pre-performance routine. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here we go. Karate Kid or Cobra Kai? Both. Okay. Well, you got to choose one. Gotta I got to choose one. Oh choose man. One. That's- uh, uh, new Age Johnny Lawrence. Okay. Uh, Wonder Boy or Wonder Woman? Wonder Woman. Tyson Fury or Anthony Joshua? Anthony Joshua. Okay, Mike Tyson <laughs> or Muhammad Ali? Praise to the OG, Muhammad Ali. Gotta get it. Uh, Klitschko or Tyson? Ooh. Right? Klitschko. Yeah, I think so. I think I don't know, man. I'm gonna time. get I'm gonna get heat for it, but I like him. I like him. I like him. He's just a big man. Right? He's just a big man. Klitschko fight Tyson in their prime. Like the, both of them. That would be a prime. good matchup. That would be a good matchup. Woo-hoo. That would be a sick matchup. So cool. Uh, okay, Joe Frazier or George Foreman? Joe Frazier. Uh, Evander Holyfield, Lennox Lewis. Ooh, Evan. Right, Buster Douglas or Busta Rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> Buster Rhymes. Let's okay. go. We were throwing uh, bars earlier. Yeah. Logan Paul or Money Way- Mayweather? Money in the bag. Right? Favorite song yeah. to work out to? Anything EDM. Okay. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> burger or hot dog? Burger. Pizza or pasta? Pizza. Post weight weight training meal. Post weight training meal. Yeah. Oh, like lifting? Lifting, yeah. Oh man, we got our uh Vega based protein shake with almond milk, throw some creatine in that, get the berries and then, um, three scrambled eggs. Boom. That's, and that's also probably a plug. I feel it. There's a sponsorship. Is that- <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 it's no, not no. I, I wish, I wish, I wish we're not that cool yet. We're still working up to that. <laughs> well, Cam, I, I do want to say thanks so much for, we went a little, little bit over. We had some technical difficulties. So guys, please, please go follow. Believe, believe, in believe the punch. in the punch. B L E A V. B L E A V. Believe. Believe in the punch. 
obviously karate cam on, on Instagram at, on Insta at karate cam uh, with a K and that's K A M uh, on Instagram. Do you want to plug anything else? You know, your website, you know, <clears throat> yeah. Camera, camera I'm not much of a Twitter guy. I'm not on there. Um, yeah. Any <laughs> cameramadani.com. You can see everything, stay up to date with like um, news events, seminars that I might be teaching anything like that. But the, the podcast is getting up and running. Please go support that. And um, of course, follow this one, you know, Danny's Danny's the man. So thank you. <laughs> Danny's the manny. All right. Thank you guys so much for coming out. Broken Up Podcast is executive produced by Ellen Utrecht, edited by Megan Solano, audio by Dory Bavarsky, and artwork by Neve Bavarsky. Please like, subscribe, follow, stock, DM, love them all. They're amazing. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate your rave reviews, your shares, your comments, your spam to your friends, your email blasts, your clubhouse chats about this episode. Thank you so much. We appreciate all the love, the merits, the accolades, the attention, and most importantly, the thumbs up. Talk soon. We're out.